On this episode of the Break in the Game show, Austin and I talk about the first half of the NBA season. We recap everything that happened. We talk about current standings. We talk about surprising teams in both conferences. We talk about our MVP race so far, and we conclude with our conference big three. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be right back after this break. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Break in the Game show here on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Remember that the Break in the Game show is brought to you by way of the Off the Ball Network. Go to offtheballnetwork.com for all of your sports needs. I'm Stephen Gillespie, and joining me as he always does is my good friend, my good buddy, co-host of the show, Austin Carr. Austin, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, Stephen. It's been a pretty good weekend. How are you doing? I uh, can't complain, man. Like you said, it's been a good weekend. Uh, you, my, my kids are getting older. We had to go buy them new wardrobes and stuff today not that anybody really cares but that's just what i had going on today. my daughter been, needs to get some new clothes too the word that's on our on our to-do list for sure she's growing i spent a couple bills i have four kids so you know like when i get it for one i have to get it for everybody and it turns into this big deal so that's basically what i've been doing all weekend man hey well it sounds like family life to me yeah in a nutshell there you go but mm-hmm. you know talking about people getting older and time moving on and stuff like that Austin today we have a great show lined up where we're going to recap the first half of the NBA season we're not really going to analyze anything happening happening currently as far as like trade rumors and things like that although trade season is upon us mm-hmm. today we're going to just take a step Austin we're going to take a step back and we're going to look at see how things have gone so far we're going to go over you know, the current team standings, who's been surprising out of both conferences. We're going to talk a little bit about MVP and then close with our conference big three. How does that sound, bro? Works for me. It sounds like a good show. All right, man. Well, with that being said, let's go ahead and do a current you know, refresher on the standings in the NBA right now. So Austin, in the Eastern Conference, we have the Philadelphia 76ers, the Brooklyn Nets, Milwaukee Bucks, Toronto Raptors, New York Knicks, Boston Celtics, Miami Heat, and your Indiana Pacers in the top eight in the mm-hmm. play-in tournament spots right now. We have your Chicago Bulls, the Charlotte Hornets, and then rounding out the rest of the conference, we have the Atlanta Hawks, Washington Wizards, Orlando Magic, Cleveland Cavaliers, and Detroit Pistons. And then in the good old West Conference, we have the Utah Jazz, the L.A. Lakers, followed by their cousins, the Clippers, the Phoenix Suns at four, the San Antonio Spurs, the Trailblazers, Warriors, and the Nuggets. In the play-in tournament right now, we have the Dallas Mavericks, the Memphis Grizzlies, and then the rest of the conference looks a little something like the New Orleans Pelicans, OKC Thunder, Sacramento Kings, Houston Rockets, and Minnesota Timberwolves. So with that being said, Austin, I would love to pick your brain and see who your surprising Eastern Conference teams are. Um, well, I'm, I'm not too surprised with the top three or four. Uh, the New York Knicks being in fifth, obviously, are one that I wasn't really expecting, but um, for the purposes of the show, my team that I'm most surprised with, um, and it's the Charlotte Hornets, and they're just barely in the you know the play-in picture, like you so eloquently said. Mm-hmm. They're at 15 and 17. Um, the reason they're my most surprising team is because I did pick them earlier in the off season as I think my very worst team in the Eastern Conference. I just didn't see anybody really 
on the roster that excited me all that much. But obviously, they made a couple big moves since then in the drafting of LaMelo Ball and um, Gordon Hayward, obviously signing him or trade and sign or sign and trade, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, obviously, those two guys have, have kind of rejuvenated this franchise to, a, to an extent. And one of the big things that I did notice about Charlotte in my research is they have eight guys basically that average 10 points a game. I, I think two of them are at 9.7 and 9.9. And then they've got three other or six other guys that are over 10 points per game. And they've got two 20 point a game scorers, Terry Rozier and uh, Hayward. And, you know, I think they have to be pretty pleasantly surprised with where they're at so far. I think a lot of people had teams like Orlando, teams like, um, you know, Indiana, Chicago, Atlanta, all being significantly better than this team, uh, you know, at least from what I saw or how I felt. And they're either tied or ahead of every one of those teams that I just named. So I think they're they're to me the most surprising team in the East for um, in a good way, I guess. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned that their two leading scores being twenty point per game scores are both former Boston Celtics, and now mm-hmm. they find themselves in Charlotte, less pressure, a little bit more of a I guess a team friendly environment, right? Not to say that the Celtics don't promote team basketball. But it seems like the ball just moves a little bit more quickly, less isolation style of play. And mm-hmm. plus, you know, the rookie LaMelo Ball, talk a little bit about how just phenomenal he's been coming in, looking like a, you know, just a veteran already. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the the big worry with LaMelo was, is he ready for the NBA? Is he, you know, mentally ready is what I mean. Is he mature enough? Is he going to, you know, be kind of like, a, I don't want to say a bust, but a late bloomer in, in his brother Lonzo. He took a little while to really get his game going. And a lot of people still think he's overrated to an extent. I don't agree with that. I think he's actually having a pretty good year. But mm-hmm. honestly, his Lamelo, his little brother, his numbers are better right now than Lonzo's are. And he's just just in his first season. Um, I think the sky's the limit for him. You know, he's, he's shown a better shot than a lot of people expected. Um, he's at least shooting a better percentage than a lot of people expected. And I think putting him in the starting lineup was kind of key for this team and key for him, because I think he, he relishes that, that spot in the, in the lineup. He, he wants to be the guy. He's kind of always been the guy, you know, mm-hmm. when he was in high school, he had a, a, what a 92 point game. So, sure. It seems like every high school prospect has a, you know, a 90 point. Right. Game. But my point is he, he, excels when he's the guy when he's in the in the starting lineup when the spotlight is on him he just he likes that you know i think i've heard him say before or maybe it was probably his dad that you know he's built for this and he this kind of true in a sense because he he grew up in front of so many people and so if really thinking about it logically like the idea of the nba spotlight being too much for him is kind of silly because i mean he had like that facebook show that had millions of watchers Mm -hmm. you know followers whatever you want to call it so I think he's been, you know, better than a lot of people expected. I did actually pick him as my rookie of the year, but I've told you before, it was a a toss up for me, really. I really just picked him on a name or more than anything. I didn't really feel he was going to be head and shoulders better than everybody else like he has been. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, we talked about the connection that he has built with Bridges. That's an exciting tandem mm-hmm. anytime that those two are oh, in yeah. open court. So, yeah, I like Charlotte a lot. And that is your surprisingly good team, Austin. Do you yes. want me to give you my good team or do you want to go I bad? I would love then... to hear your good team now. All right. Well, the surprisingly good team is going to make a lot of people at the network happy. We talk about this all the time, Austin, where the New York Knicks are a substantial favorite within our within our you know group chat plug for the group definitely i do it all the time and right now the nick are it those the standings say that they're fifth but right now they're actually tied for fourth the only reason that they're mm-hmm. fifth is because toronto who i could have went with them as a surprising team but i think that a lot of us had decent expectations on toronto and they just started turning mm-hmm. around i had the knicks as one of the worst teams. I think I had them 14th in my preseason predictions coming in. Mm-hmm. And it, right now they're fifth and that jumped in one win. So the East is a little bit of a bag of cats is what I like to say, because mm-hmm. it, any, every night this, the standings, you know, are jumbled up by the time you listen to this, you know, if you're listening to this on dash radio on the nothing but that channel, it's probably already changed from the time that you're hearing this mm-hmm. to, to now. Right. So I like the Knicks a lot. And what, What's been crazy is that Julius Randle has gone from the most hated Nick last season mm-hmm. to the most popular Nick and the most loved Nick on the team right now. He's averaging 23 points per game, 11 rebounds and five assists. He's, you know, PER, if you like that or not, you know, he's over 20 PER. He's shooting 48% from the field, almost 42% from deep and 81% from the line. And he's kind of a do-it-all combo forward center type style player. And under, you know, under coach Tom Thibodeau, he's looked just completely new to a lot of people. And remember, we've seen a little bit of this from him in New Orleans. That's why New York wanted him as bad as they did, because he showed flashes of that playmaking ability, the ability to run the floor and stretch it out a little bit, too. So you have him, R.J. Barrett. I know, Austin, that you were looking at him as most improved player. I don't think that he's going to be there, but for a sophomore with his limitations that he had offensively last season. He's growing a little bit, especially as a defender this year. Really like him a lot. And then I think another big story for the Knicks right now is that they traded to get Derrick Rose. And that was a move that a lot of us could look at and say, are the Knicks trying to speed up their timeline? Are they doing too much? But they only gave up a second-round pick in Dennis Mm -hmm. Smith Jr. So not a lot of assets out the window to bring him in. But with that being said, again, Austin, the Knicks have been my surprising team. If you look at just the way that their team has been performing overall, it's actually quite incredible when you look at their, you know, their team stats. Mm-hmm. Right now they're 10th, or excuse me, <laughs> they are 10th in minutes per game. Not that that really matters much, but they are league average right now, slightly above average in three-point percentage. They are a top rebounding team, third actually in the entire NBA, and they hold their they hold their own on the defensive end. They're first in field goals attempted and percentage defensively. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the three-point percentage. They're number one overall in that aspect, too. And they allow the fewest points per game, Austin. Is that something that you came into this season expecting from the New York Knicks? No, not not at all. Um, and honestly, one name that you didn't even mention because there's not a whole lot to say about him yet is, is Obi Toppin. You know, their top pick in the draft, somebody that a lot of people expected to be someone that contributed on this team and in a big way. And, you know, forgive me for being slightly ignorant about them. I don't <laughs> think he's he's been, you know, as good as what everybody expected. I, I don't hear his name a whole lot. But uh, so, no, definitely. I didn't think 
I didn't think defense would be what they hung their hat on for sure. Well, yeah, and you mentioned that Toppin is a rookie. He's playing behind Julius Randle. They actually played the same position, and a lot of people speculated mm-hmm. that Toppin was going to be Randle's replacement. Now the Knicks are in a good predicament, so to speak, right? Like they got one of their players playing the best basketball ever. They got a nice young prospect behind them, but Emmanuel quickly too. I love this guy out of Kentucky. I, I sing his yeah. praises a lot in my draft analysis, you know, giving you 12 points per game off the bench for the most part. And he his shooting percentages are great too. He's shooting 38% from deep. And that was really his calling card in college. Also a pretty decent defender as well. Can play the one or the two. He did a little bit of everything for Coach Calpari. And we know how the Knicks this season love Kentucky prospects. So mm-hmm. overall, that's really been my good surprising team so to speak in the east cool yeah i i, I agree with it a lot uh, you know everything you said i think that's, that was a, a great choice by you for sure well i appreciate that so with that being said you can't have good without bad if bad doesn't exist then good doesn't exist and vice versa so mm-hmm. austin in the eastern conference who has been your most disappointing team well it's kind of funny because they have the exact same record as my most surprising team in a good you know good team it's the chicago bulls but obviously, I felt that coming into the season, I had pretty high hopes for this Bulls team. I, I thought, you know, they have a lot of young guys that have a chance to, you know, take the leap is a term you hear a lot of people make where mm-hmm. obviously Zach Levine has, you know, he's been terrific this year. He's in the all-star game, deservedly so. Um, you know, he just had, and this is going to sound weird, he had the 30th highest scoring uh, uh points per game average for a month in Bulls history. Mm. Okay. 31st, 31st. But the top 30 are all Michael Jordan. So <laughs> right. really he's the second player since Michael Jordan to have such a good offensive month for the Bulls. So it sounds a lot better when you say it that way. Yes. But, uh, you know, he's, I think it was just over 32 points per game. So, I mean, just thinking about Michael Jordan having 30 different months where he averaged more than that is crazy to me. But well, I how many scoring that. titles does Jordan have? I think it's right. ridiculous. 10 or 11. Yeah, I think it's 11. There. Yeah. Yeah. So back to these current bowls, not to get too far back in the past. <laughs> um, it's hard when you talk about Chicago not to go down the MJ trail. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It is for sure. Especially for people our age. We kind of, you know, yeah. grew up right during that. We got to see it happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So the bowls. Every time I do, we do a show like this and we have to actually do some research on on teams and how, you know, where they rank more so than just watching the games. Um, I always tend to find something that's, that says to me, okay, well, this is why they're underperforming or this is why they're overperforming. And with the Bulls, it was hard to find. Um, <laughs> they don't rank really bad in anything. Like, I think turnovers is they're dead last in the league in turnovers well that's bad and yes that's pretty bad that's a bad (laughs) one but it's like half a turnover a game between like 16th and 30th so Mm. it's not a huge amount by any means um but their fourth in field goal percentage and they take the 15th most field goals so that's one right down the middle right there they're a good shooting team but they shoot an average amount they take less than average threes uh, they shoot fairly well from three. They're ninth in three-point shooting percentage. So, like, seeing those, you would think, okay, well, this team's going to be probably above, above 500 and and firmly in the playoff position, mm-hmm. in playoff position. 
23rd in blocks, 22nd in steals. How much do those really affect a game? I don't know. Maybe more than I give credit to it, but it's not something that I think is really killing them, you know, or, or causing them to have a losing record. Um, a, a opponents points per game is 24th. They give up 114.8 and they score 114.7. So about as middle <laughs> of the road there as you can get. Yeah. Your margin of victory right there is mm-hmm. pretty slim. Yeah. So then I just looked at the roster and looked at the names on the roster. And usually when you look at the names on a roster right next to every name, there's, there's a, an age number. And I think what a big prob- part of their problem is, is they have like three guys on this whole roster that can rent a car. You know, <laughs> Zach Levine's 25 years old. Kobe White's 20. Markinen's 23. Patrick Williams is 19. Garrett Temple, he's an older guy. He's 34. Mm-hmm. Wendell Carter's 21. I, I mean, those are all almost Daniel Gafford's 22. Devin Dotson's 21. Um, Felicio is 28. That's the oldest guy that I said. Otto Porter's 27. So they hardly have any like legitimate veterans on this team. And their top four names are one's 25 and the rest are almost not even old enough to drink. Yeah. So I I just think they need to get Zach Levine, a a legitimate, you know, partner in crime, so to speak, a a teammate that's a proven guy that is going to, you know, be able to go out there and give them 20 points per game every night. And they just, they don't have that right now. And Lowry Markinen scoring 19 points per game, but he's, he's hot and cold all the time. He's never really improved the last two or three years. He's having a better year. He's shooting better from the field for sure than he has the past couple of years. Yeah. Markinen's actually had a really good year con- mm-hmm. con- considering the past couple that he's had. Right. So, you know, he's, he's gotten better and, I just expected this team to be three or four games above 500, at least at this point, and in the, you know, in the in the top four or five in the conference. And the the silly thing about all this is, is though it was just like a game and a half between like four through twelve or something. Yeah. So it's pretty it's pretty close in the East, and uh, I just I expected more out of the Bulls, and it's not that they're super disappointing because of their record or anything. They're obviously right in it. It's just I I did have pretty high expectations for this roster. Well, yeah, you're you're a big fan of uh, Billy Donovan. You mm-hmm. thought you know that was his team to go in and he's going to turn some things around. And he has gotten better play out of some of the guys, like I mentioned to Lowry Market and obviously Zach Levine getting his first nod as being an All Star this season. That was huge. But by and large, he's still got a l- little bit of work to do. Chicago actually is about where I pegged them coming into the season. But I understand you. You're a big Billy Donovan apologist, and that, and I totally get that. I'm, I'm that way with Brad Stevens, who, speaking of him, the Boston Celtics are my surprisingly bad team of the season right hey. now. I, you know, I, I've, I mentioned that right now they are seventh, or excuse me, sixth in the Eastern Conference. They're actually playing against the Washington Wizards right now in a pretty close game. Last time I looked, so they could be even lower if they lose to the Wizards, right? So. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's just been it's been a disappointing season. I like Jason Tatum a lot. I like Jalen Brown. I like Marcus Smart. You know, Kimba Walker. He's all right, but I'm a big you know Brad Stevens guy as well. And Danny Ainge has got a lot of flack from the moves that he did not make. You know, basically letting Gordon Hayward walk for a giant trade exception, the largest in NBA history, and nothing really to show for it. You know, they bring in Tristan Thompson. They brought in Jeff Teague. They drafted decently well with Neesmith and with Peyton Pritchard, and 
other than that, you know, they got two 25 point per game scores, actually exactly 25 points per game scores and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You would imagine that Kimba Walker would be the third leading scorer. Marcus Smart is the fourth. He's giving you 13 points per game, but he's been out a lot with an injury. You know, Jason Tatum has missed time with COVID related illnesses. Kimball Walker missed the beginning of the season. It's just been really hard to get these guys all on the court together. And when they have, you can't, it's been few and far between that the big three on this team have played well at the same time. And that has led to the Celtics to where they are right now. You know, if you look at their team stats, I'm calling them up right now. They don't really do anything substantially well either, kind of like how you mentioned for your Chicago Bulls here. Mm-hmm. So right now they are actually 16th in field goal percentage. They're you know 12th in three-point percentage. They're 21st in free throw percentage, which is actually pretty bad. They're you know 18th in rebounds. They're 28th in assists, which we talked about that isolation ball earlier, Austin. That's mm-hmm. really been the detriment to this team. But defensively speaking, you would think that they would be that their record would be better based on they only allow the seventh worst or excuse me, their seventh in points per game allowed at 110 point or 110.4. But a lot of that has to do with the pace that they play with that isolation ball. Mm-hmm. It really lowers the score down, right? So when you when you're the seventh best defense, but you're 20th yourself in scoring that really doesn't bode well for your overall record, which is why the Boston Celtics, Austin, have been my disappointing Eastern Conference team. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, and most Boston Celtics fans would say for sure that uh, they're they're pretty disappointed too. So that was another, you know, good choice by you for sure. Um, I, I agree. I think, you know, Kemba Walker's pretty good, but he's been, he's been the guy you hear as someone to trade. I, I do think he has some value around the league and, Maybe maybe they go that route. I don't know. Yeah, they might. And he's actually had a, the past few games have been pretty decent for them. So mm-hmm. he's again, he's turning it on. But, you know, Jason Tatum is still feeling effects of the covid, vi- you know, coronavirus, that covid um, you know, pandemic has hit him hard in particular. And he's st- he said in recent interviews that he's still feeling those effects. You know, I was a big advocate for Jalen Brown to get all star starting position but when the fans don't really look at him in that same light as a Zach Levine a Bradley Bill a Kyrie Irving a James Harden so and with the records that the Celtics have I find it hard to imagine that coaches would really advocate for him being a starter either right so right but with that being said as disappointing as the season has been both Tatum and Brown were given the nod to be in the all-star game kind of controversially despite them you know not meeting expectations and being an away team if the playoffs were to start today. Yeah, there were a, a few little weird things that have been, you know, I've been thinking about a lot with that, the all-star starters versus reserves. And, you know, for years they said Devin Booker never made the all-star team because his team didn't win enough. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's in fourth place now and he is a, an injury, you know, sub for the second time. He should have been on the team. And then they've got two starters from – a team who just as recently as the last day or two has been in ninth place, you know? So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it it, is pretty odd. So Austin, we'll go ahead and roll into the Western conference. Now Uh, I'll go ahead and start with the good team. Now just to shake it up. I got the San Antonio Spurs and I mentioned earlier that they are the fifth place seed in the Western conference. I don't think that that's anything that a lot of people had in mind when they 
looked at the outlook for this season. But DeMar DeRozan, who is one of my legitimate snubs, you know, there are a lot of people that you could look at and say, oh, he has a case. Right now, DeMar DeRozan is playing some of the best basketball that he ever has in his career. He's got the Spurs with not a really star-filled roster, and he's playing the four a lot this season too, which is almost out of position, but he's playing a new position, young team. They can't figure out if they want to tank or win. DeMar's saying, okay, I'll just take it by the reins and we'll win. He's giving you over 20 points per game, seven assists per game. He actually just had 11 assists last night, which was a phenomenal performance by him, mm-hmm. and only committing one and a half turnovers per game. You know, he's giving you 49% from the field, 33% from deep, and 89% from the free throw line. And all the while, just giving you good defense, good playmaking ability. He is by far the best player on the Spurs team. And he just kind of makes it happen all on his own. And as you could imagine with the Greg Popovich team, there are other players that are giving you good minutes and good, you know, numbers as well. But let's just real quick, Austin, I'll give you a, a little bit of a layout of how well they're doing overall as a team. Cool. Offensively, they're only 21st in scoring. Defensively, they have the 11th best defense. And that's really where their identity is. You know, they they don't really wow you at anything. You know, they're 10th at, you know, total rebounds per game. They give you the fewest turnovers per game and the second fewest fouls on the offensive end. But percentage-wise, they aren't really that great at anything. And then defensively, they... Again, they they don't foul. They they force or they force the most amount of turnovers, and that helps them out offensively speaking. So, yeah, I mean, Demar Derozan had a case for being an All Star to me this season, but by and large, I have the Spurs as my surprisingly good team. Which feel it makes the NBA feel right when the Spurs are good, right? Austin? Yes, it does. Last year was weird. Yeah, you know, I think it was. Um, Rick Mahorn show on NBA radio, they said the, the Spurs are like like when you have roaches in your house because just when you think you kill them and they're dead, they, they pop back <laughs> up and they never die and they're never gone. And I thought that was pretty funny, but it is, you know, kind of true. But I like the Spurs, not roaches. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's a bad visual comparison, but yes, if you don't like the Spurs, then it maybe it makes sense to people a little bit more. But I like the Spurs too. I, I like it when they're pretty good. And I think Greg Popovich just doing another awesome job. And another thing that I heard about the Spurs that is very true is they get everybody a jumper. You know, yeah. if you come to that team and you can't shoot in a year or two, you can shoot. Uh, and that to me seems like something that should be kind of easy to teach guys, but apparently it's not because not a lot of teams you know develop guys into great shooters all all, all the time like that. Well, they want um, ready-made shooters, but yeah. Right. But <laughs> so so my best team or most surprising team in the Western Conference is uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, just for the another team I thought was going to probably be in dead last and not even resemble an NBA team um, because their r- roster, the names on their roster don't resemble an NBA team. So yeah. all that much. But uh, your guy, you know, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, is having a heck of a year. Had 42 the other night I saw. That was pretty awesome. Uh, You know, he's at 23 points per game. That's crazy to me. 23 points per game is terrific. Uh, You know, that's the to me, that's the sign of of a guy that you can kind of count on as as your number one guy going forward. So he's a student of Chris Paul. So there you go. He's 22 years old. Yeah. You know, here's another team that, 
you know, Al Horford and George, George Hill's probably going to be gone by the trade deadline or the buyout market. And another team that could use somebody with, with, you know, a little bit higher number on their uh, driver's license. <laughs> I think they started a raw, didn't they start a lineup this year if everybody was 21 or younger or something? Yeah. And I believe that the Baylor bears have mm-hmm. their, their current average age on their roster is, is higher than the thunder is from what I, if I'm, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And you know they had they hired a, a coach that no but none of us had ever heard of, yeah, Mark Dagnall. And you know in his in his stead defense the the projected wins and losses based on their team statistics have them at eleven and twenty three, mm-hmm. and they're fourteen and twenty. So that's that's actually com- mo- if you look at most teams, their their projected wins and losses on these when you do this is pretty much dead in line with what their record is. Mm-hmm. Like the the Hornets and the Bulls were both within like one game one way or the other. So three games is, doesn't sound like a lot, but it kind of is. Yeah. Um, and you know, SGA is definitely the, the reason for that, but here's another team that has seven scorers and double figures and Muscala is at 9.8. So basically eight guys averaging 10 or more. Yeah. And they, they just, they're a team that's developing for the future. Obviously, you know, I like to say they have every, uh, lottery pick of 2024. So, <laughs> yes. You know, at some point we'll know who this team's going to have on their roster. But right now, maybe a lot of these guys won't be there in a couple of years, but they, they have a lot of guys to be excited about. You know, uh, Darius Basley's had a pretty good year. Theo Maladon and uh, Pokashevsky have both been great rookies, I think, for where they were picked. So yeah, Dort is playing really well for Dort's them. having a really good year, mm-hmm. too. And so there's a lot of a lot to be excited about, and I think they have a pretty good coach. This may end up being another scenario like with Brad Stevens, where he was originally hired to kind of be the bridge to the next, you know, the future, and he turns out to be the guy that they needed all along. So I'm not sure we're there yet, but he he's had a good good go of it so far. So that's why I have the Oklahoma City Thunder as my most surprising team so far. That's all well and good, and I like how you're angling this at some of the teams that aren't really in the limelight a lot, mm-hmm. but have exceeded expectations coming into the year because Oklahoma city basically sold the the planks off of their court, you know, this last free or last free agent season mm-hmm. slash off season period. And that's been interesting. So my bad team out of the West, and I think this would be a lot of people's, you know, choice would be the Dallas Mavericks, mm-hmm. you know, first off, Christoph Porzingis hasn't really been all that healthy at all. Um, but when he's played, he hasn't been bad. I think that he gets a bad rap uh, when he is on the court. But Luka Doncic, he's playing about the same as last season, but he's not really all that you know efficient. He takes a lot of difficult shots. He forces things a lot. And this team basically went from offense to defense, and I think that that mm-hmm. series that they had against the Clippers were got a little chippy, as I like to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that the happy Mavs had to get a little bit more angry and beefed up. And they went and got guys like Josh Richardson and, you know, James Johnson guys that, you know, a little bit of gruff on their face and, you know, look like they could probably stand next to you in a fight, as opposed to a guy like Seth Curry, who is right now killing it in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Mavs right now, Austin, they've been my disappointing team. Richardson, not really doing all that great. Even Tim Hardaway jr. Has taken a step back, at least offensively. Been a little bit of a disappointment, but how about these offensive numbers, Austin? They're only league average in field goal percentage. You know, at four, they're 14th right now. They're 22nd in three point percentage, which is a far cry from where they were last season. 
their league average at free throw percentage. They're only 17th in points per game, but defensively, they're just absolutely abysmal. And this was the area that they were supposed to have addressed this past, you know, offseason. They are 14th in three point percentage allowed. They're 19th in two point percentage allowed. And overall, just 22nd in points allowed per game, which is not where you want to be if you're contending and you want to keep your young star, Luka Doncic, happy. So that's why I have the Dallas Mavericks as my most disappointing team. You know, I think James jo- James Johnson is like, isn't he? Doesn't he do MMA fighting? Like, I'm <laughs> correct. Sure, yes, I'm pretty sure they went and got like the best, you know, guy to protect Luca in a fight. So <laughs> at least they did that well in the offseason, right? But yes, I, I always am a fan of du- kind of double down on what you're good at, and I think they had a like a historically efficient offense. I think correct. They were like. Year. No, they're like, nah, we're okay. We don't mm-hmm. want a historically good offense. Let's trade away one of the best shooters in the NBA. Let's get some hand-to-hand combat guys. Right. <laughs> you know? Let's let's you know sacrifice skill on the court for fighting ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but so another team that I think just about everybody would be pretty disappointed with in, in where they're at right now is the Denver Nuggets, and I have yeah. them as my most disappointing team. And it's funny because uh, they have by far a better record than Charlotte, who I went with in the East. So, you know, they're three games above 500, which obviously, as you can see in the Eastern Conference, would be good for like fourth by a couple games. Yeah, I think Um, four teams in the Eastern Conference have winning records as opposed to like the entire top eight of the West has winning records. Exactly. Um, But... My reasoning here is I, I think they finished second last year. A lot of people expected them to be way up near the top again this year. Mm-hmm. I kind of think Utah is having the year that maybe I expected from Denver. Mm-hmm. The way they played in the bubble was they were just incredible. They, you know, they had two guys that looked like absolute superstars coming into this season. And the talk about uh, having two superstars on this roster has obviously disappeared jamal murray has you know that talk is gone and i was one of the people that was kind of starting to say that and and believe it after i saw what he did in the bubble he's he's definitely taken a step back since then so far this season you know still 21.6 points per game is a lot but he's picked it up recently but for the first 20 or so games of the season I think you were you could say he was headed towards a down year i don't know that that's the case anymore obviously 21.6 is a lot um, yeah. but he just, he hasn't been taking over games. Like I think people expected him to do. Yeah. Hasn't um, been Jokic, consistent. Right. And he hasn't been consistent. Jokic on the other hand has been one of, if not the most consistent player in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, he's almost averaging a triple double His assists are down to eight and a half down to eight and a half. You know? Yeah. It's and, terrible. You got to get that, for, up you know, for a, a center that <laughs> a couple years ago, everybody said was slow and overweight and, I think somebody said he looked like a loaf of bread once. <laughs> Pretty funny. <laughs> that's that's um, incredible. But uh, he's you know he's, he's improved every year, and he's improved again this year. Um, they're just a team that's really everybody expected to be really really good, and they're just not that great. You know they score 115 points a game. They give up 111. So you know that's not bad for today's NBA. 111 is not terrible. Um, it sounds ridiculous to say that, but uh, I think average is like 115. So Jeez. you know they're a, a fairly decent 
uh, defensive team. They're top 10 in the NBA or 10th. Um, and they're fourth in points per game. So uh, another instance where that would tell me that they should be, you know, one of the top teams and they're in eighth place and they're not getting blown out. They're not losing to a, a lot of teams that, you know, really maybe that they should be beating up on. They're mm-hmm. losing to teams that are good, but shouldn't be good enough to beat them. Um, they missed Michael Porter Jr. quite a bit with, with COVID. Yeah. He missed a bunch of games. You know, he's only played 16 games. Monty Morris, another guy that plays a lot, that played a lot for them last year. He's played in six games, or yeah. I'm sorry, he's started six games. Um, but he's his minutes have been down. Um, Paul Millsap is having a better year than I thought he would, but I thought he was done. So yeah, <laughs> really anything that he's given them is better than that. Yeah. Um, Gary Harris, another guy that you know they've played 33, 34 games, and he's he's played 19 of them. So. Um, just guys missing time has hurt them. They seem like they can't finish close games this year, which is something that they were really good at, at, at the end of last year. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I hear a lot of fans calling for Mike Malone to be fired. I don't know if that's the right idea, but something, something changed between the bubble and now that they, they had figured something out that worked for them. And it's just, it hasn't shown up to me this year. So, well, yeah, I think the loss of, you know, Plumlee, he had a triple double this year in Detroit. And then also his former and current teammate, Jeremy Grant, who I believe to be the most improved player of the year. They miss him a lot too, because of his defensive versatility. They don't really have a a good defender on that team in that starting rotation. So losing those guys, you still have guys like Will Barton and, you know, Harris on this team, but overall you need a guy like Grant who can go and, you know, defend the perimeter but he was looking for a bigger role in Detroit and he got it which is why he's no longer there but yeah Denver was a team and I said it coming into the season I don't know if you remember Austin that I can see Mike Malone being on the hot seat for this season because I did anticipate them taking a step back I don't think I was expecting this bad I was thinking probably around six or seven seed but they could also they could end up getting there they seem to have found their stride a little bit later so far in the season but yeah, I, I totally agree with you. They have been a disappointing team. I think team. they got as high as like fourth or fifth at one point, and then now they're back at eighth or ninth. So <laughs> yeah, and I mean, keep, keep going in the other direction. That's that's the way it goes sometimes. But mm-hmm. that wraps it up for our surprising teams in the East and the Western Conference. Before we continue, I just want to remind everybody that you're listening to the Breaking the Game show here on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Breaking the Game is coming by way of the Off the Ball Network. Go to offtheballnetwork.com for all your sports needs. All right, Austin, so now we're going to go ahead and go into our next segment. We're going to give the folks our top five on the MVP ladder. How do you want to do this? you want to work from one to five or five to one? Um, let's go five to one when you go ahead and give us give us your first one first. All right, so I'll go first. This man just had a fantastic game against another guy that I'm going to bring up. Uh, that being Giannis Antetokounmpo, Austin, he is having a great year. He's giving you 29 points per game, almost 12 rebounds a game, almost six assists. He's giving you 55% from the field. Let's just go ahead and ignore that 29% from the three-point line and 66% from the free throw line, which is actually an improvement from last season when he was league MVP, crazily enough. He's giving you 1.3 steals per game and 1.3 blocks per game, both of those higher than what he gave you last season as your MVP. So he's giving you some really good numbers. He's improved his efficiency. Granted, the Bucks with a brand new roster, essentially, 
their third place. Oh my goodness, they fell from first place to third place. Also, they they're doing? just terrible. Let's get it together, Bucks. Garbage. I just wanted to bring in Giannis Antetokounmpo to this discussion because I do think for MVP winning does matter, and mm-hmm. they're in third place. He's a you know two time MVP, and he's giving you still giving you career numbers. I don't know why we can't talk about him. Why is he not getting spoken about by anybody right now? It's it is odd. I don't understand it. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. You know, he's. I guess it's voter, you know, fatigue mm-hmm. because you named off a lot of numbers that have improved. He's improved, and he's not really doing anything worse. And he hasn't really been in the talk at all, not one bit. Yeah, and it just we're not allowed you, to talk about him. <laughs> it kind of shows you that the how much influence the media has on this kind of thing because. Correct. I mean, if if you didn't have sports highlight shows and, and podcasts and, and radio shows like ours and other great shows, um, and you just had box scores and watching the game, you know, this guy would be talked about all the time for every award, I think. And But just because all the other guys, then a lot of these guys are guys that we probably have on our lists are getting the shine and getting talked about. It's they're way ahead, you know, they're way out ahead in voters' minds. Yeah, it's crazy. So, Austin, uh, let's go ahead and get your fifth pick. I have Kawhi Leonard, um, another okay. guy that uh, somebody that hasn't been talked about a whole lot for one of the best teams in the NBA. You know, they're in second place in the West. They're they were shooting the ball to historically good levels to start the season. Mm-hmm. You know, he's shooting fifty one percent from the field, scoring twenty seven points per game, six point two rebounds, five assists. Got a player efficiency rating of 27.2. Um, <laughs> you know, he's, he's already given his team five win shares for the year. And I think the most in an entire season is like 13 or 14, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere around there. So in terms of that, we're not quite to the halfway point yet, and he's halfway to 10. So he's we're looking at a fairly historic number numbers in that aspect. His effective field goal p- percentage is 56, 87% from the free throw line. And he's just a shade under 40% from three. So he's obviously the guy on this team again. You know, he's averaging basically the same exact numbers as last year when he didn't really get a whole lot of talk for the all for MVP last year either. But, you know, I think he's having a, a top five season for sure. And he's at or near the top in so many offensive categories. And he still is a, a terrific defender, a steal and a half per game and mm-hmm. uh, about 0.6 blocks. So you know his his defense is more about his length than maybe his his numbers. So the the blocks isn't anything great, but teams you know if guys don't block shots like they used to ten years ago. There's there's hardly ever a four four you know blocks per game guy like we have this year. But um, so I had Kawhi Leonard as my fifth guy. Yeah, and I have him as my fourth, and the reason why. Another reason I'll just kind of tack on to that. Uh, his minutes per game have increased, but his fouling and turnovers have both improved since last mm-hmm. season as well. And he's giving you roughly the same amount of points per game production and just remaining remarkably efficient. And the the Clippers, they did just lose tonight as we're recording this to the Bucks, who, again, I just mentioned Giannis Antetokounmpo was a fantastic game. I recommend anybody who missed it go back and watch it. It's one of the better games that I watched this season. Nice. So with, with that being said, he's my fourth. Now, I'm going to kind of start diverging a little bit. I'm sure that you're going to have a couple guys on your list 
that did not make the cut on mine, but I'm going to go ahead and be bold, brave, and different. I'm going to give you my number three guy on my list and tell me how surprised you are by the name before I get into my analysis. James Harden. Um, I'm surprised that you said it, but it, I'm also surprised for another reason that you'll find out soon. Okay, so we, we probably have him in the exact same spot. So I have him, I have him at fourth. Oh, okay. There you so. go. Um, well, go ahead and give them to you for four. Go ahead and give me your four. Um, I just think, you know, more than anything, it's, uh, his, his willingness to kind of change his role when he moved to Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. he went from being the number one scorer in the league the last few years to now he's the number one assist guy in the league. You know, he's, (laughs) he Kyrie, you know, kind of infamously came out and said, we talked about it. And I told James, you're the point guard. I'm playing two guard. Like, and a lot of people took that, you know, in a bad way, like the way that they always take a Kyrie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If somebody else had said that, they'd been like, all right, somebody's standing up and taking charge. This is going to be yeah. good for them. But because Kyrie did it, you know, I think people just don't like how how often maybe he's he's not as bad. I, I don't get it. Like, it how seems dare like they he, identify the role of their team? Right. Yeah. Like they want him to be wrong because he's <laughs> outspoken. Maybe, I guess. I don't know. And it, 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 people don't like that about him. But James Harden's been incredible. You know, 25 points per game, seven and a half rebounds, 11 assists per game. He's the reason that uh, the Nets have been so good in these games that Kevin Durant's been, been missing. And, and Kyrie he, Irving for a couple of them as mm-hmm. well. And, you know, they we've been sit here and before this trade, you know, their two guys are kind of injury prone, you know, not as much KD, but he's coming back from a, a pretty serious injury. So people didn't really know where he'd be. Mm-hmm. And Kyrie misses time every year for injuries. And, you know, in comes James Harden, who's kind of the an Iron Man in, in certain terms in the NBA. He plays almost every game and he gives you, you know, all out effort every night. And uh, he's just he's been phenomenal uh, before and after the trade. Obviously, he he caused a lot of issues in Houston, but it didn't affect his play on the court a whole lot. It was just all the other stupid stuff he was doing in the media. And he's he's just been fantastic this year. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason why I have him as my third guy was something that you just touched on. Austin was Mm -hmm. the fact that. KD's missed time during this phenomenal stretch that they were on. I believe it was an eight-game win streak. Kyrie Irving missed a couple of those games as well. And Harden just put the team on his back and gave you a little bit of what you saw from him in Houston. But, you know, he's giving you 38 minutes per game while he's in Brooklyn and shooting almost 49% from the floor, you know, 42% from deep. Oh, yeah, and he's 86%, you know, three-point shooter, and he's getting to the line, Mm -hmm. what, seven times a game. So, it Again, league leading in assists at 11.1. Oh, and by the way, he can play a little defense too, um, 1.1 steals per game, and giving you over 25 points per game. So that's why I have him as my third guy. Austin, who's your number three? Um, Number three for me is Stephen Curry. I have him in the third spot. Uh, I think you want to talk about guys having a career year. Is it – is it okay for me to say I think Steph Curry's having a career year? I mean, he's at 30 points per game, five and a half rebounds, six assists. He's shooting 48% from the field. He's above 41% from three again, which you like he is every year. He's shooting 94% from the free throw line. Um, win share is another number that everybody knows I like. He's at five. So that's substantial. 
he's yeah. given them a, a, a great performance night in and night out. And, and just as recently as a couple of weeks ago, he gave us, um, you know, a, a streak of some of the best games of his career strung together. I mean, you know, 30 point game after 30 point game. And, uh, it's just it's become the norm this season for him to to drop 30 on just about everybody. He's somebody that is, you know, coming back from injuries, 32 years old. Um, but obviously he's still got it. And he's not somebody I really expected age to affect as much as maybe some other guys in the league right. anyway, just because of the way he plays. So he's he's been fantastic this year. And I had him as number one going into the season, so I couldn't drop him too far. There so you go. I still got him at third. And he's he's got a team that's riddled with you know injury to guys like Clay Thompson, brand new team. You know they're they're number two overall pick. James Wiseman has missed time as well. Uh, you I think. Go ahead. I think if Steph or if Clay Thompson was healthy and this team was in the top three in the West, there'd be a lot more talk about Steph Curry for MVP. Yeah, and again, I I do find that winning to be more important for. MVP, which is why I'll just go ahead and throw this out there. That's why mm-hmm. Steph Curry didn't make my list at all. He's on the outside looking in. I mm-hmm. probably have him at seven right now, being okay. honest. But um, yeah, th- there's nothing wrong with that. But Austin, we're kind of up against it. So what I would like to do, uh, we'll continue this, and I'm, I'm really enjoying the MVP discussion. Mm-hmm. What I would like to do, if that's okay, um, we'll go into our conference big three. We'll close it out for this episode. But for everybody that's tuning in live, I would like to continue our MVP discussion if that's okay. Yes. That sound good? Works for me. All right. So for everybody who's listening live on the Nothing But Net channel here on Dash Radio, you're going to have to go and subscribe to our podcast to get our number two and number one pick. We're not going to spoil that. So please just go to anywhere you get your podcast. Go to that place. Go to that platform and look up Breaking the Game. Or you can go to offtheballnetwork.com. And all of our podcasts, not just ours, but a bunch of other great podcasts are on there as well. So, um, Austin, our conference big three, we don't even really have time to get into this that much for both conferences. So just name them off. I'll just name them off. So in the Eastern Conference right now, as of this recording, this does not can this this does not take into account the events of Sunday night. So if you're listening this Monday and you're hearing something that you don't like, listen to us next time. And I promise you we'll be more up to date. So the Brooklyn Nets. Jump the 76ers, they are number one. The Sixers are number two. The Milwaukee Bucks are three. Now in the Western Conference, we have the Utah Jazz remain the top. The Clippers did just lose to the Bucks, so we will have to adjust that moving forward. But as of right now, the Los Angeles Clippers are number two. And then we went ahead and gave the Phoenix Suns, who are streaking right now, not in the bad way, in the good way, depending on your perception here. Not Um, like the Super Bowl guy. Not like Will Ferrell. All right, so um, Phoenix Suns are number three. So Austin, welcome to the party, Phoenix. You know, they're very deserving. Yeah, absolutely. We had to put the Suns in there. The Lakers, I'm sure, are going to work their way right yeah. back up in there. I think but, they'll be all right. But Austin, we'll go ahead and close this out for the purposes of the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Just want to thank everyone so much for tuning in. Austin, do you have anything in the works that these people could go and look up and find? Just working on our show um you know i think obviously uh yeah i did too that was great uh, <laughs> shout out to prez but uh um you know you you gave me some glowing reviews on my last article and it's it's had it's been well received by people and it was most well received by the nba because 
they did the right thing and uh, they they gave the Pacers their much needed All Star representative in in, in an injury replacement for Sabonis. So you're welcome, everybody. Mm-hmm. Adam Silver heard heard what I had to say. Obviously, <laughs> no, I'm obviously kidding, but uh, you know of. that's that's what I have for everybody right now and just doing this awesome show with you awesome well yeah go to offtheballnetwork.com and you can check out that article right now i have up there my all snub team and my case for jeremy grant to win most improved player and not only do i have why i think that he should be but i also give cases up against some of these other guys and then we got a a a new friend of the show kareem sappington says youtube channel actually kareem Yes, we do have a YouTube channel. Go to YouTube and look up Breaking the Game. We're streaming there live right now. We're streaming there live on Twitter and on our Facebook page, which you can go to facebook.com forward slash Breaking the Game. But you could also go to facebook.com forward slash Off the Ball Network, and you can find us there streaming live as well. So we're we're in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. So um, for that, we will go ahead and close here. Just please go to offtheballnetwork.com where you can look up all of our great work. You can look up the work. So many other great guys on there. We have great hockey content. We have great football content. We're working on a fun project right now where we're doing our official mock draft for the NFL draft coming up within the next month or so. We have a good friend of ours, Rob Cruz, who's going to be starting Cruz Island here at the end of the week. A lot of fun stuff. If you're not following already, please go look up offtheballnetwork.com everywhere. So, Austin, thank you so much for the time, effort, and energy that you put into the research of the show, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you too, man. You all, you do most of the hard work. So. Right on. Well, I appreciate that, man. And uh, shout out to Off The Ball Network. Shout out to Nothing But Net Channel. Shout out to Dash Radio. We got some cool episodes in the works coming up. A lot of great guests lined up. Please stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. And also, if you go to the Shooter Shoot podcast, I was actually interviewed on there today nice uh, the show should be dropping tomorrow real quick interview for me um our president chris lebron dropped in and says great show chris don't leave because we're going to continue our mvp conversation here soon yes but you have to be tuning in live sorry for all of our fantastic listeners on the nothing but net channel on dash radio but go get awesome. the podcast and you'll be able to hear it that's right anywhere podcasts are available go look up breaking the game and we will be there i promise you that so austin for you man thank you so much for all you do Mm -hmm. um for the breaking the game show here for myself for the off the ball network for the nothing but net channel here on dash radio for the game of basketball we love basketball basketball we love you thank you for the first half of the nba season adam silver we'll be tuning in for the second half but we'll be closing out here tonight man much love everybody have a good one I just...